0: Well, hey everyone, welcome to episode 305 of F Stop Collaborate and Listen with your host, Matt Payne. This week I had a blast speaking with Waleed Azami. Waleed is a photographer and commercial director living in Los Angeles, originally from Kabul, Afghanistan. He photographs celebrities, commercial products, and a lot more while offering his services as a coach and mentor to other photographers relating to business practices, and pricing. Waleed and I explored several topics including pricing, differentiation, how and when to monetize your photography, including lots of ideas for landscape photographers to monetize your work. Okay, let's get to this week's episode with Waleed Azami. All right, Waleed Azami, it is great to have you on the podcast.
1: Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, of course. I'm really excited for this. Um, every once in a while, we'll do an episode that's more business focused, and um, you know, because I think there's a lot of people out there in the photography world, even if they're amateurs or just starting out, that have a lot that can learn anything. They're like sponges; they want to learn as much as they can. So I think there's yeah. this is going to be awesome.
1: Perfect. No, I'm excited, and I think that when Isabel, um, my producer. Uh, brought up the idea, and I was like, "Landscape, huh? Let's do it." Because I think that's the toughest crowd in the photo world to crack. It's the most—I um, think they're the most protective of each other's work and each other's mm. communities. So let's see what we can do. Hopefully, uh, hopefully they accept it.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. our listeners are pretty pretty kind and generous, so I think, I think we'll so. be good. Alrighty, cool. Yeah. So, so for people that don't know about you and your work, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Sure. Um, I do three things main well four I do I'm a photographer I'm a director for commercials and music videos Um, photography I do like a lot of record covers I do magazine covers um, campaigns for different brands and then the third is that I'm now a creative director also so I've had enough years under my belt that I guide and I lead creative projects for brands and then the fourth is the past six maybe now it's seven years I've been helping the photo community for free just because um let's just say my road hasn't wasn't that smooth or welcoming. So I just, I was like, you know what, forget it. I'm going to just make sure that I open every single gate that has been closed to people. And so I've been doing that for like seven, almost seven years before it became trendy to do it.
0: Well, I mean, yeah. it sounds like there's gates in all the the genres of photography. I mean, I feel like nature and landscape, there's lots of that going on too. It's It's, it's fascinating. <laughs>
1: It is. And I think a lot of it is just fear-based. People are afraid of um, revealing secrets because they think they're going to lose a job, or they're afraid to help somebody else because they're not going to be king or queen of that hill anymore. Or it's just a Mm. lot of different reasons. So I teach that, and I make sure people find their way around it.
0: No, that resonates a lot with me. So, well, I know we're here to talk all about pricing in photography, (laughs) and I know we'll probably cover a lot of other topics too, but... Um, so, you know, when I was looking through your website and reading up on you, I know that you have extensive wisdom and knowledge in the commercial portrait and wedding space and kind of your background in uh, photographing celebrities as well. So to kick us off, I would love for you to tell us what similarities, um, there are between those genres of photography and landscape photography in terms of monetization and, you know, kind of getting yourself out there.
1: Yeah. Um, Sure. The only clarification on the wedding is that I started in weddings the first two years of my career. And then I put that aside. And then it's been for the next 10 years, all commercial. But what I will say is that physically, there's almost no similarities. We know that like it's (laughs) it's chaos versus peace and calm, just total tranquility. But as far as pricing, there's almost very, very minimal difference. Because I think that people make pricing to be okay so people make pricing to be such a big big obstacle at the end of the day all you're dealing with are other human beings and that's it we have the same feelings we have the same fears we have the same wants um same everything so there isn't that much of a difference and i know that let's just see how the landscape photographers do but what do you what do you think would be the biggest difference
0: oh i mean i don't know if there's any differences or not but I know one of the biggest challenges that I've had to face is trying to decide whether or not you want to be the first person to start the negotiation process. Like Um, I, you know, for example, I had REI reach out to me several years ago. They were building a new store and they were putting this huge, you know, mural up behind the cashiers and they were designing the store and they wanted to use one of my photographs. And then they were, then they came out and just asked me, like, how much will it cost us to use your photo? And it's like, well, I don't want to tell them too little. Yeah. And I also don't want to tell them too much. And actually, what happened is I told them too much and they're like, no, we're good. <laughs> so that's, it's, uh, it's wild. Was
1: it just a closed door and that was it? They didn't want to negotiate? Totally.
0: Yeah. They didn't even, okay. they're like, no, we're good. We found someone else who'll do it for half that. Got
1: it. Got it. Okay. Um, That's unfortunate. Well, first of all, but congrats though, that REI, because they do really great work, that REI wants to feature your work, right? So that's the first one. No, it was exciting. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. I think one of the things that happens is so whoever the other photographer was, did such a disservice to themselves and the rest of the community that it it just cheapens everything. So I, I actually say you did it correctly, but uh, did you just list a price, or did you ask them, "Hey, what kind of usage? Is it one store? Is it multiple locations? How long? All of that?" Right.
0: I mean, exactly. That was the first thing I did is I asked questions to f- fully understand what the what th- they were looking for. I wanted yeah. to know if they wanted exclusive use of the photo. Um, I wanted to know how big they were going to make it. You know, all of those things. And based on the way they answered my question, is how I priced. Got the it. response,
1: yeah, yeah, I see. But I'll tell you what—that also happens in the commercial world too, right? So you get ghosted a lot, and then you, <laughs> then I will message them I'm like, "So is this done?" Because human beings are supposed to say, "Thanks, no thanks," you know, right? Like, I'm yeah. good. Thanks for good. thanks for entertaining <laughs>
0: the idea. Exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah. There's no. <laughs> I call them out on it every single time.
0: How does that go and, for you?
1: <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I, I look at it as, um, I look at it as that. You really have to speak people's language, and so kindness understands kindness. Kind kind people don't understand rude behavior. They just don't get it. They're like, "What? Why, why are you talking like this?" Right? But then there are certain people that are. A little closer to the gutter, you know, <laughs> the best way to put it. Yeah. Sometimes you have to speak their language. I'm not saying go all the way down there, but sometimes you're like, hey, um, you inquired about my photos. I spent like 12 hours creating a package for you. You haven't right. to responded to the last two emails. Is everything okay? Because I'm not used to people just, I just tell them. And usually either, because the way I look at it is, um, they already are not going to hire me, but at right. least you're gonna. I'm going to tell you how you're not going to treat me and my peers moving forward, and that will right. call you out on it. So, I'm a little more of. Yeah, a little bit. No,
0: yeah. I, I I like that. I actually, if I remember correctly, the fact that they didn't even want to like negotiate or anything before going with somebody else, I think because what had happened to me was, um, they had sent me their internal documents where they had mocked up the Um, site using my photograph yeah and so i was like oh they're gonna use my photograph so i it's like a slam dunk and then they switched me and i was that just made me angry so i was like look that wasn't very cool of you to use my photo and then you know make me put all this work into this and then you just go with somebody else
1: (laughs) yeah and unfortunately sometimes a brand will hire somebody that doesn't have the same ethics as their mission statement. And then they'll represent the whole brand that way or misrepresent the brand. Sometimes it just happens, but I believe in carbon.
0: And I I don't know, I just kind of felt like I was shooting in the dark though, in terms of like trying to give them a ballpark number. Cause it was like, it was such a radical, I mean, it was like, I want to say it was like a 15 foot mural, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was gigantic.
1: And I was like, well, that's big. (laughs) Was the price range out of your usual neighborhood?
0: I mean, it's not something... I feel like it's not something most landscape photographers deal with. You know, so when it does happen, we're like, uh, deer in the headlights
1: (laughs) kind of a deal. I I totally understand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes in a situation like that, like I I think that I always say... So this is something I'll tell photographers, right? Total little side note. Stop answering the phone as like, uh, we will get back to you. We they know there's no we. They know it's just you. <laughs> Don't act bigger than you are, right? But with that comes a lot of grace, too. So you could say, "Hey, I usually do custom prints and I do portraits and I do, you know, these sort I do fine art prints. I'm not accustomed to with a big commercial brand. Can you tell me what kind of budget you're working with and right. then at least you're like hey it's in the neighborhood if they're not willing to tell you that then the person isn't of the highest ethics and they're just going to try to um, they're chasing the bargain not really the artwork
0: right and it's just yeah important. no i think that's 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 good advice and, and in fact sorry this was a couple of years ago so my memory is a little fuzzy but yeah we I don't shop did at that anymore. <laughs> did you okay. yeah, i did that and they gave me this number and i was like oh well, I'll go like lower than their budget. And they, yeah, so it was like, the whole thing was just frustrating, but. It sounds like (laughs) it might've been a frustrating person
1: on that end.
0: Actually, it was one of those deals where like, she wasn't the decision maker. She was just the person communicating kind of a deal. Yeah. So that also makes it frustrating.
1: I, I guess we don't get every single deal.
0: Right. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I feel like, it, those are the kind of things that don't come along very often. So, like when they do, you're like, "Oh, I gotta get this right." Right. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's me. Maybe maybe my peers it happens to them like every week. <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> I I think you'd be surprised if if some if you caught someone's attention the first time, that means the work is up that caliber. Now it's right. just a matter of putting yourself out there, and and I would say that to any any landscape photographer. Once people are interested. Now it's just a numbers game of how much you talk to people and, you know, show them you work.
0: Yeah, I think one of the inherent challenges that most landscape photographers have is that most of them are very introverted and shy. And yeah. so a lot of them don't feel comfortable kind of approaching other people. Like they just sit back and wait for people to come to them and I'm curious what advice you would have for people to like to get themselves out there, to kind of break through.
1: Okay. So this is why I love this uh, this question, because my friend Dago, who's a great, great director, he does a lot of the tour videos for Madonna, Shakira, uh, for the background of the stages. He once told me, I said, you know, I, I don't like to just push myself on people. And I think that if people want it, they know I'm here. And he's like, wow, that's a lot of ego. And I said, what? So... He said, you're coming from a place of ego to think that people are going to say that right there is where you go for this particular work and to think that everybody's paying attention to you that much. Right. So when uh, and I said, yeah, but I'm kind of shy. And he said to me, so this is what I'll say to all the landscape photographers. Get over <laughs> it. Get over it. You know, if you want a business, go and talk to people. But but I will add to what Dago said, too, was um, Okay, when I take a photograph, when I direct a music video, when I creative direct a project, I'm not I didn't sell you a single thing. I offered you a solution for your business to do better. Right. So if I have the answer to a problem, if you were my neighbor, Matt, and I see you have I don't know, you have an issue with something and I have that tool to help you. I'm not going to say, well, if he needs it, he'll just know that it's in the third drawer of my garage, you know. I'll go across and I'll say, "Hey, I realize you want to cut these hedges. Would you, do you want to borrow my tools and just put it right back whenever you're done?" Go out there and help people. So I, I think if land landscape photographers are shy, very respectfully, get over it. Talk to people <laughs> about your work because your work is going to sell homes. It's going to sell, um, you know, businesses. It's going to sell T-shirts, different products. Your your, your work is going to give people a lot of experiences that they normally wouldn't get. Talk about it because you're offering a solution.
0: I love that. Yeah, and that's something I'm always trying to remember when I'm trying to approach like a brand or a can- camera manufacturer or something like that. It's not just like, hey, I want to partner with you. It's like, no, here's a, here's a problem that you might have that I'm going to try to help you solve.
1: Exactly that, yeah. And I think that if every photographer thinks like, how can I solve their problem? They're going to book over because here's the thing. Like you wouldn't even have to sell anything. They're gonna sell on your behalf. It's right. the best thing. Right, I don't know. Right, it sounds right. crazy. How does, does that sound crazy, Matt? But I believe in that very much. No,
0: it doesn't sound crazy.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, kind of moving us along here, I'm curious, um, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see other photographers making when it comes to pricing their work or services?
1: Okay. So um, this is going to go with landscape. Yeah, obviously, it's a landscape photography uh, podcast, but it goes with all kinds of photography in general. Um, Photographers are incredible at not realizing their value. I mean, we are the best in the world at racing to the bottom of the barrel. No other occupation. Right? Like, People are like, I'll do for cheaper. Like, no, 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 no. I'll. I'll, Are you kidding me? I'll do for cheaper and I'll paint your house. You know, (laughs) right? It's insane. Can you imagine like the amount of free work that we deal with because it's a collab? Literally, imagine pulling up to your dentist's mat and be like, Hey, Doctor So and So, you want to collab on a root canal? (laughs) No. Oh, like you would never. You want to collab on a burger? So, number one, the biggest mistake I see photographers. Uh, let's go landscape, they don't understand their value at all. And they think that them photographing a beautiful meadow with trees, for example, is the same as the next person's. But no matter what photographer is listening to this podcast right now, put me right next to you, same gear, same time of day. I could never shoot what you shoot. I just can't ever be you. But they can't be me either. And that's the beauty of it, right? So understanding that you have an individuality and that's what people are paying for understanding that people will never hire you for your camera or your lenses and they're hiring for you and your opinion. And so because of that, I see photographers not being opinionated enough. And so I'm watching AI really take over before that was the Instagram explore page where every picture looked almost the same, (laughs) right? You know, like horrible stuff. And I just realized I'm like, all you're doing is you're telling people, I'm just like the rest of the crowd. There's nothing special about me, so don't pay me extra. But if you choose to stand out, if you choose to be super opinionated, then you're okay for the little bit. Let's see where AI goes. I think at some point it's probably going to eat us all and you know we're done. But um, I don't know. I think that not knowing your value is the biggest, biggest fault photographers have. Would so you agree? How- disagree or what do you think of that
0: no i totally agree actually um i i'm I'm in a discord server with a bunch of other landscape photographers and this morning we got into a conversation just about that because somebody was talking we were talking about instagram hubs you know like these hubs that exist to like take everyone's photos and you know profit off of them basically (laughs) got it and i'm like you know if you want to give your work to those hubs for free so that they can gain their gain a huge following on your back that's totally your call but i'm gonna choose not to do that
1: good for you you know so interesting is that i've said this before now i don't know if can i say another company's name does that become a legal issue i don't know let's find out yeah let's find out (laughs) there are certain websites there's two that i can think of off the top of my head um It's splash, but there's a word in front of it. There's a a prefix, I think. And then (laughs) it sounds like pixels, but it's not pixels. It's another one. Uh But people are giving away their free photos, high res. Right. It's mind blowing for me. So what I can do is, okay, cool. I love your photos. Let's say you go to your, your, let's say, Colorado mountains and you do some beautiful drone shots and you do some mountain sunset shots and everything. And I just collect all your photos and every other Colorado photographer's pictures because you've given away the copyrights. People can use these images. Now I decide to go to Blurb, for example, make a coffee table book, and all your hard work, all your investment, are going to go into my pocket. It's unbelievable to think that you're going to give your work away and someone's going to say, now I want to pay you. Get out of here. No one's doing that. And those, know, and those companies have profited off of people's weaknesses and saying, but it can grow. No it won't. It will not grow anybody. Right. It just I love won't. what
0: you said it's growing off of people's weaknesses because Yeah. I, mean, I, I hate because some people are gonna be like, that's mean, but you know, come on. Like they're just placating to people's egos. Like That's they, all that it you is. Know, you want your work to be seen and maybe you feel like this is the only way you can accomplish that. And I get it. I mean becoming Getting your work seen nowadays is actually incredibly challenging with how difficult social media algorithms are and how competitive the space is. But I don't think the answer is to just give it away.
1: (laughs) Never, ever, ever, ever. So this might be a bit uncouth. Um, (laughs) I love that I even use that word. I never use it. But um, imagine going on a date with somebody, guy or girl, okay? And you just give everything away on that first date. And then you're like, uh, date two and three, you're like, so I need you to respect me and I need you to treat me right. And you're like, um... Yeah, I get it. You gave it all away on date (laughs) one. Like, it's not to say we should ever treat humans that way, but we have to look at our work that way. Like, why would you give everything away? Devalue yourself that much and then think, huh, someone's going to knock on my door and say, um... I want to pay you a lot of money. I think you need to start high. And if they say no, that's great. They're someone's client, but they're not your problem anymore.
0: I love that. Yeah, they're not your problem anymore.
1: <laughs> At all. Let them be someone else. Let them go to those two websites.
0: Right. Or, you know, let them, let other photographers deal with their ridiculously low offer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. You yeah. You don't do it. You know, like there's ways that... There's ways that, what would you say is like one of the top ways besides selling prints that landscape photographers make money from photography?
0: Oh, I actually have a question
1: about that. Oh, did um, I jump ahead? I'm sorry.
0: No, you're good. I mean, we can go there. So, I mean, actually, i excited to think about this. So I think there's, in my mind, there's kind of five areas that people focus on. Okay. Teaching, um, print sales, passive income through affiliate marketing um, services for tourism industries, you know, basically shooting for them and then writing books or things like that. So, I mean, those are the kind
1: of the five that I could think of. I think that that's a really, really wide base, right? I think that's great. But when you say shooting for tourism industries, what do you mean by that?
0: Um, For like, for example, here in Colorado, there's, visit Colorado, which is like, you know, they, they promote tour tourism areas. And so they're, it seems like they're regularly hiring photographers to go photograph specific locations, you know, and they pay, they pay pretty good for that. So.
1: So here is something to kind of add on to that, right? Everybody, um, you could be anywhere. There's something beautiful about every landscape nature area, but, some some places desert, sometimes it's ocean, sometimes it's mountain. It's icy or it's barren, whatever. But there's something beautiful about that. Airbnb has something called Airbnb experiences, and when you go, you can hire somebody to be like a personal um, guide for you. And there are some some photographers have been super smart about that, and they've given. Now you have to be accepted, but the the hack that I've learned is, on average, you get rejected two times. But you come back a third time, and you just keep refining your offer because they can't have forty headshot photographers in Los Angeles, for example, right? But I've been to Colorado one time and Boulder, and um, so I'll use that as an example. I w- I I am from Los Angeles. We don't know nature that much. We we when it rains one inch, we actually take pictures of the rain and puddles, like we think it's the most magical thing. Okay, <laughs> so if I, it's insane. But if I was to come to Colorado, I would love a photographer to give me a a guide to his or her favorite trail and maybe take me on a shooting tour and I'd be happy to pay for that. I I would pay for like four or five hundred bucks for that if it's like a half day shoot. Take me to your favorite spots, something that would take me years to discover until I move there. Um, Take me on a photo tour if I'm going with my family, if I'm going with some friends. How incredible would it be to have a personal photographer follow us around that knows the terrain, that knows the beautiful places. And so they're leveraging real estate, uh, excuse me, um, travel, and they're leveraging where they're at, but they're able to work. And they're meeting people from all around the world. The amount of influencers that hit up fields in the middle of spring and lay on the, the grass and take pictures and all that. There are people always visiting. And if you get to know these people, they will um i have a friend that he gets flown all the time now because he met an influencer from instagram photographed her and she's like hey i'm going here for this i'm going here for this and i said they have to pay for your ticket and pay for your rate there's a lot that you can do with landscape photography i just want to say that that's one i have a couple more yeah
0: no i think that's a i I actually forgot one licensing is another one you know like definitely talking about with rei and all that stuff but um I'm curious, like if you were starting out a new photographer mm-hmm. today, where would you focus your attention?
1: I would hit up, um, for landscape, of course, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why I keep asking that It's a landscape. podcast. Yes.
0: <laughs> um,
1: I would hit up real estate agents and I would say, listen, recession is coming. It's political for whatever reason. Some people believe it's a recession, but it's coming. Okay, and homes have to sell. Either they're gonna short sell, or people are trying to like load them on the market because come in at a higher rate, what have you. Because of us Californians, homes are very expensive now everywhere because we've migrated, <laughs> and like ruined the markets, right? Yeah, thanks. And thanks, yeah. <laughs> New Yorkers. <is> still- <laughs> and um, I would go to real estate agents and staging companies, and I would lease them photos um that is a variety so if there's a beautiful home for like nine hundred thousand dollars overlooking a meadow I would make sure that I have photos that just like in the background for you that benefit the landscape that complement the landscape that that home is on and so it's gone are those days of really tacky furniture where people stage it and I'm like I would never sit on this couch or buy this right People want higher end. People's tastes have gone to a more sophisticated level. And if you were to lease photos, so you meet all your real estate agents, you meet staging companies to say, hey, um, if you have a 5,000 square foot home, I can give you a whole catalog of images. I will make sure that that house looks beautiful, that it looks curated. And it's a great way to put your art up, make money recurring money on that art and then you just take it down when the house is sold so you don't even give it away number 2 it's a great way to get your name out there because a lot of times when people purchase these homes they fall in love with what they saw and they say wait who's the uh, uh who's the photographer right. here and hey, want to buy that <laughs> we want to buy that because we kind of fell in love with this it's our first right. home together it's the first upgrade we have a child now and and that's a great way to meet people to sell your work, to showcase it, to blog about it, to TikTok about it, and say, just featured in this house. And it's a I would do that and really put my work out there and just keep collecting images that they say, Do you have anything with a beach vibe? Great, I do. I did this amazing trip to Southern California, took some beautiful black and whites in Laguna Beach. And you could do that. And so there's I would do that. I would meet local um because the internet has democratized filmmaking you don't have to be in hollywood or new york anymore so you could actually find youtubers with channels over a million views and sometimes they'll stage something there's music videos being made all the time you need art that is cleared pay attention to art in the background of indie movies it's the worst thing you've ever seen you can't just go to (laughs) ikea and buy something So it has to be something that's so vague, it's like a blur or something. But if you Uh, lease that to art departments, you could make several hundred dollars every single movie to several thousand dollars.
0: Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, so
1: those are two things I would do, no matter where you're at.
0: I love that. Um, So kind of along those same lines, I'm curious what you think about... Uh, how photographers can differentiate themselves in the crowded marketplace that we find ourselves in.
1: Um, hmm. Let me ask you a question first, though. Yeah. What would you say is, are there types of photographers, landscape photographers, that's like the three main core types?
0: Yeah, I mean, you mean in terms are, of like style? Style, yeah. Yeah, I mean, mm, yeah, I mean, there's like the big grand scenic kind of photographer, um, which is kind of typical of what you would expect. And there's people that are doing like what we call kind of intimate landscape photography, which is like closer zoomed in shots of like, you know, leaves and stuff like that. And then there's kind of more abstract, um, you know, intentional camera movement, abstract okay. type stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm well, simplifying.
1: T- there's more, but... Of course. What would you classify yourself as the first? Um,
0: I'm like both the first two. I do both. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, because I, I love the one behind you, the orange sky. And that's a yeah, beautiful that's,
0: photo. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of more emblematic of what I'm known for at least the first most first part of my career, although I'm kind of heading a different direction now, but that's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So- Side note: There is more nature in that photo than there is in, I swear, all of LA. Just enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, in that one photo right there, there's probably like
1: forty thirteen thousand foot peaks. Yeah. Just, just we don't have much nature. So I look at things. I'm like, wow, what would that be like? Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I would say for any photographer, it's easier said than done. Landscape, fashion, photo, babies, weddings, what have you. If you don't stand out, if you don't have an opinion, AI is going to chew you up and you don't Mm. have a chance in hell. You don't have a chance in hell. Be different. Um, Don't be afraid to scare off 98% of the market and really, really hone in on that 1% and 2%. That's like, this is crazy, but I could see this photo in my office behind my desk. Um, So I would say differentiate yourself by just doing anything that, you want that you might think it sounds crazy. Maybe you want to take a a, a flash and shoot everything with a red light. Maybe. Okay. If that's what you, go with it and just try your hardest to show exactly who you are and overwhelm them with who you are. Otherwise your photos are going to look like every other photo on the Instagram explore page. And that right. just means, okay, if I don't pay you, then I can pay the next guy because you guys are all shooting the same stuff right? Double, triple, quadruple down on being who you are and overwhelming them with who you are. You're going to scare most of the market, but the people that love you are going to love you. AI is going to come for anyone that doesn't have strong opinions. And they're like, I just want to, hmm. I just want to field without like, there's no reason for that field. There's no depth to it. There's no love and passion put into that photo and you could tell when a photo is taken with love and one is just like click i i I feel like again
0: yeah i I, mean for sure the more photography you look at i feel like it becomes easier to
1: to see that it's kind of like when someone cooks you a meal you're like you were mad today huh because uh this this thing tastes awful (laughs) right it is kind of like that (laughs) I, i really would say try your hardest to stand out. Any rule that is there, like landscape photographers, try to break as many rules as possible. If someone says landscape photographers can't or shouldn't, go out of your way to break that rule and make something for yourself. Stand out as much as you can because everyone else is going to be doing the mundane things. And um, to stand out also, raise your prices uh, like a tremendous amount because when you look at like If you were to imagine like a triangle, at the bottom is all the free people and barely, barely charging anything. Look how crowded it is at the bottom of that uh, triangle, the pyramid. It is so crowded. And the higher you go in price, the less crowded it gets. And people think, oh, God, no, it's easier to book clients that want to pay a lot of money versus those that are just bargain hunting.
0: It is interesting, huh? I, I um. I feel like more. I back in 2018, I basically took my print prices and I like tripled them. Good. And I sold way more price. I sold way more prints.
1: <laughs> you did right. Yeah, was... it doesn't
0: make sense, but I mean, it does make sense. But like it, it was kind of scary. Like, and you kind of, you know, you get that imposter syndrome, like oh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's totally true. Like, I mean, obviously, you still have to deliver a good product, but right. Um, but you know, that's. That's not but, necessarily the
1: hard part. <laughs> but how, but wait, How much did you raise it by?
0: I mean, I remember I was selling average. prints for like, you know, if I, I, I'm trying to remember specifics, but you know, let's say I had a 40 by 60 and I was selling it for like 800 and I think I started charging like 3000, you know? So Good a premium. lot.
1: Yeah. But here's the crazy thing. When you get to the higher level of prices. You guys, so everyone listening, think about it. Sometimes we think too much with our wallet and not someone else's wallet.
0: There are people,
1: right? There are people that make so much money that they want to spend on something. And so there's that. There's also, uh, (laughs) you got to understand that when you reach a certain price threshold, people are buying things because they just, this sounds awful. Sometimes they're buying things because it's a nice tax deduction. And they're like, no, it's either, true. I, either I buy something amazing for my home or my office, or I'm going to give it to Uncle Sam. Right. No, it's, it is it's not tax advice, you guys. But just that's it's human psychology. So it doesn't matter if it's a wedding or a celebrity or landscape. Uh, if you were to sell me, Matt, if you were to sell me a, a, like a 16 by 20, let's just say 400 bucks. I'm like, cool. Thanks. This is cool. If I pay two grand for that, I am getting that thing framed and matted as soon as possible. I just appreciate it more when I walk by it. I'm like, yeah, that's so cool right there. Right. It raise your prices, you guys. I don't know how I jumped onto that, but I just did.
0: No, it's cool. It's actually yeah. hilarious because my next question was going to be, how would you go about pricing your prints? And I, I think you pretty much answered the question like. Make them expensive.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and and that sounds like very a careless thing to say, but I will double down. On it raise your prices first of all, everybody. Raise your prices at least ten percent from last year, so just so you can make the same amount of money because inflation. Raise your prices because um raise your prices because you want your for your client's sake for them to be able to appreciate your beautiful artwork. Sometimes they have to put some skin in the game. And if they don't pay for it, they don't appreciate it. There have been studies that people who pay for courses finish it. People that get it for free, they're like, cool, I'll get to it later. They don't respect it. So sometimes you charge them because you love them and you want them to do well. So that's one. That, that blew my mind with the first time I got that. But also how I would charge them is there's two things to really look out for. Look for the double thank you. So if I was, let's just, let's just say a plumber comes to your home and you think it's going to be 150 bucks, but the bill ends up being 800. When they give you the bill, you don't, you're like, okay, thanks. You don't say thank you the way we would at a Starbucks. When you buy a $5 drink, they're like, okay, thank you. You're like, thank you. And you just, it's that extra, like, thank you. Like we got a nice trade. Look for the double thank yous as a canary in a coal mine situation where you're like, am I going down the right path or am I not as far as pricing? The other way to do it and pricing you guys for the rest of your career is going to be something you're always going to be toying with. Multi-billion dollar companies like Apple are playing with iPhone prices every year, every year. Right. And they generally do a good job. So the iPhone does it very well. The perfect, perfect price point for you, for me, for anybody, is when the consumer complains, but they still purchase. You just found peak price point for you. (laughs) That is it. If they complain and complain and complain and think about it and go, I can't right now, you're just a little too high. The market has humbled you a little bit, and you bring it down a tiny bit. Right. So that's what I would
0: say. Yeah, I think the hard part is that You know, we're not always in the living room when people are making those decisions. You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, if you own a gallery, you definitely can kind of hear those conversations happening. But I think most of us, you know, we're selling prints online and things like that. So it's hard to, you don't know if people are saying that, like, oh, this was just a little bit less expensive, you know.
1: (laughs) Well, but you say this, You which where would you say the majority of prints are sold? On individual websites or like a... Um, an art type of portal website.
0: Um, honestly, like in terms of volume, I would say it's probably like Fine Art America, mm-hmm. those kind of websites where it's cheap. Um, I I hate mm-hmm. to use the word cheap, but it is all cheap.
1: But it's cheap. Call what it is.
0: Yeah. But so but that's but probably... the individual
1: photographer. Would they come to your website and say, "I'd love a print of this"?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's,
1: that's what most people are hoping happens. Obviously that's. So here's a little hack that works most of the time. And I teach this in my step pricing course. Um, You said I can't be in that living room with them. And I say, why can't you be in that living room with them? Okay. So what I will do is on Canva is one loom is another service um, that the front camera on your laptop records you, but also records the screen. And so when I give a proposal, I just did something for NPR. I gave a proposal. She thought she was gonna pay, uh, for the people not watching the visual, like my hand is down here, but she ended up paying this much happily. And because it's NPR, I don't obviously people can do their research and I don't want to say how much she paid for it, right? But it's one of their sure. shows. Yeah. Um I explained it. I was in her living room. And I was, but I wasn't. So what I did is I said, I created like a seven or eight page mood board. Then I did the price sheet. It could cost this much or this much. I always give two pricing options. One, you're a disservice to them. Okay. One, no one likes to be cornered, but I would talk about them. I see, I would love this kind of lighting because when on this episode of this season, you were saying this and I think, so I'm actually talking to them. OK, now I'm not really in the living room to hear the conversation, but I'm in their living room explaining my art. I'm not explaining why I have value. I'm explaining why I am the best choice for her to brand her new show. And I'm saying this and, and I would love for you to wear this with this kind of lighting. And I love this inspiration. All of that is there. I'm in her living room. The fact is I'm in her living room because she looked at it. On her laptop or her iPad, she trusts me more and I, and so I just wanted to bring that up because you were saying we can't be in the living room, so just kind of brought up an extra tip but
0: yeah, no, I like that i think it's i like what you, I like what you said about um offering two choices as well I've, I found mm-hmm. that to be um successful. Did you do that? so like whenever like every once in a while I'll have like a facility come to me and say, "Hey, we want to put our we, we're trying to get like twenty, thirty, forty prints for our new building. Uh, yeah, can you give us a quote? And so, like, instead of me just saying, "Yeah, it'll cost you ten thousand dollars or whatever," I'll, I actually put together a whole proposal with, that has two two different choices.
1: And yeah, typically they'll go with the higher end one. You know, it's always so. All, on again, like on my course, I'll talk about pricing. Three is the most optimal options. Like. Choice one, two, and three. Choice two is sabotage. It kills and people are like, oh my God, of course I'm going to go for the third one because it's a no-brainer, right? But for the people only offering one choice, because I, I hear a lot of landscape photographers saying, no one wants to buy. It's the, the biggest group of photographers that say nobody wants to pay it are landscape photographers. So I just want to throw a bunch tips that might soften them up a little bit. Imagine cornering a baby cornering a dog or a cat they would scream or bark at you why would we think that offering somebody one price point is going to feel good they're going to have some kind of resentment towards you but not it'll be subconscious
0: what order do you present them
1: i give them and as far as the pricing yeah yeah um i give them it's all one sheet there'll be three three bars And I'll say so you get a visual and I'll say uh, price point one is I'm just going to go for easy math just for easy math. I'll just say a thousand a thousand being the top one. Okay. price point one is two hundred dollars. Price point two. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Start over. Price point one is like four hundred bucks. Price point two is eight fifty so you do it's low just, to high. It's a substantial jump. Price right. point three is nine ninety five. Right. It's or just a thousand A little bucks. bit more. Yeah. It's just a little bit more, but you're getting substantially more out of it. So from price point one to two, they're like, my God, that's a big jump, but we're not getting a lot for that jump. Right. And then they're like, this is dumb. And then they look over to the right and they're like, Oh, this offers a lot. Oh my God, it's only a hundred bucks more, 150. Who right. would be so stupid to get the second one? Right. You, you never sold the product, they did all the selling for you. It works right.
0: over and over and over. <laughs> I, I love that. Um, so, do you use kind of the same techniques when you're talking about selling uh,
1: services? Yes. Uh, as yeah, okay. far as what I mean, services, as far as consulting or.
0: Um, I guess like in your world, it would be like actual photo shoots. You know that would be providing a service. Oh, I suppose, yeah. I yeah. uh,
1: I don't care if it's a celeb, if it's a record label, if it's um, a small brand, it's they get three, they get the respect of getting three prices. Um, I walk him through everything, and I am literally at at their side every single step of the way. And so I sell an experience, which is what the first thing I started with, with the Airbnb experiences. I, you're getting photos. Yes. You're going to get new branding. Yes. But you got a whole experience that walked you through it. Cause I really right. respect the entrepreneur. Our any human.
0: Totally. Well, I have, I have one more thing I wanted to ask sure. you about because it's something I've been thinking a lot about myself. Um, Okay. So one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of photographers seem to kind of want to jump into the deep end of monetization before establishing a well-rounded and extensive portfolio of, of images or, you know, basically proof of work. Um, I'm curious if you also see this and if, do you see it as a problem and why or why not? Can you define
1: monetization for me? What type of monetization?
0: So in landscape, that would probably be either like teaching workshops or photo tours yeah. or selling prints or trying to like put your photos in a gallery, things like that. Like Let me make if the- I could give you an example, totally. uh, um, like in this discord server I'm on, there's this young guy. He's, I don't know. He's probably like 19 or 20. He just mm-hmm. got into photography like a year ago So, you know, he's really excited, lots of energy, but he he only he doesn't have a lot of photos yet, you know, but he's already talking about how he wants to like, oh, I'm going to go talk to these galleries. And it's like, dude, you don't have photos yet, Mm. (laughs) you know, like, yeah, but I also don't want to, like, crush his dreams. But I'm also like, you need to be a little bit realistic here, buddy. (laughs) So I'm curious what you think about that.
1: I do agree with you. And then of course there's no hard rule, right? So somebody could get booked right off the bat and they're like, okay, so there you go. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. So then there's there's that whole thing. On the courses part, I'm noticing a huge problem. See, I have a course. I have a pricing course. But I've also been photographing for the past thirteen, fourteen years now. And so I've gone through hell and back and I teach that. I have now had two people Approach me for private consultations on my website. And um I rely very heavily on my instincts. Like very, very heavily. More than logic, I rely on instincts. I had do you remember an app called Clubhouse during the pandemic? Oh yeah, I was on Clubhouse a lot. <laughs> yeah. So was I. And I saw these people, certain people that they would um take some of the advice that I would give or some of my peers would give and then they will start a new room and pretend that that was their expertise and their experience oh my God. and so I'm watching people sell courses and I just think to myself that's because you don't know how to book the clients, so you're trying to teach photographers how to book clients that you can't book yourself and so I always tell people vet the heck out of anybody Make sure like you go on Google and Bing and LinkedIn and Twitter and you look at their websites and it has to happen multiple times. And it cannot be a fake magazine cover they designed on Canva, you know, because I've seen that a lot, too. Oh, my gosh. I see a big problem with people teaching courses, but I see a big ethical problem because you're taking someone's final dollars, possibly, and you're selling them a lie. And that kind of karma, that's on you. You can't wash that kind of karma away. But as far as galleries, I will say this. There's no hard rule about it, so I'm watching like NFTs, people selling NFTs. I'm like, what? I would never collect that,
0: you know? Yeah, um, we, we don't use the N word on this podcast, but on here, okay, okay, okay. okay. No, I'm just kidding.
1: Um, <laughs> um, as far as galleries, I, I think I don't see it as a problem if if the market supports them, but I think in most cases the market will humble them. Yeah, yeah, no, I think. I think that's what we all deserve to learn through being humbled. I've been fall, I I've fallen my face a million times.
0: No, that's fair. I remember when I first got into photography, I somehow weaseled myself into a pretty nice gallery and I don't think I sold a single thing. Um, and I I look back at the photos that I, yeah, I look back at the photos I had in there and I'm like, oh my god, what were you doing? And it's, but you know, that it's a good learning experience too. So that's fair. Wait,
1: wait, can I? Can I ask how long after you realized cuz I have a similar experience but how long after did you realize oh my god this is what was this
0: Oh you know probably like 3 or 4 years something like okay.
1: that Yeah I recognized it the night of the opening I was like oh. this work. <laughs> and I was like this work sucks like this is <laughs> not my best work what am I doing here um, I have friends here I have family and I I was like I just, it was in Beverly Hills and I'm just sitting here. I'm like, I'm actually embarrassed to be here and no disrespect <laughs> to the gallery. I was like, how did they pick me? It just was not my best work. Right. And, right. I, was, and I was like, this is amazing. And I'm like, and every, every person would say this is amazing in my mind. I just think you damn liar. It's <laughs> not like, it's not my best work. So God, it's so awkward, but and I haven't was- touched a gallery since.
0: Yeah, and I haven't either. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it kind interesting. Of yeah, it was. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's a big investment too, you know. But um, all the prints, everything. Yeah. Yeah, I guess the other thing I've noticed in in landscape and nature photography is like people become photographers and then like they they take a workshop from somebody and they think they know everything and then they start teaching their own workshops. Like yeah, and and then you start hearing the horror stories. And it's, it's an interesting field because for whatever, I don't know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of churn in landscape Mm -hmm. photography. There's a lot of people that kind of come in and go out and, you know, old people retire, they want to take some workshops, um, and then they, you know, they get bored of photography and they move on. So like the people that get really bad reviews, like they're able to just keep booking people because there's not a long memory it's really fascinating
1: yeah it's tough it, it is tough i think that the people that are selling courses right off the bat i think it's unethical i really do yeah. i think you're hurting people it's i don't ambitious. think you have the... <laughs> it's ambitious that's a nice way of putting it i think it's super unethical um because what experience how many fires have you put out how many um contracts have you failed on? How many contracts have you won? How many things have you negotiated for you to be able to guide somebody's career for a quick buck? Right. I just think, but it's, but it's up to the consumer to vet who they're buying from. Totally. Yeah. Buyer Yeah. Beware. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, I know you're running out of time and I wanted to give you the opportunity to tell us about
1: your pricing course and your mentorship
0: yeah. services.
1: Sure. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to host me. And I hope that yeah. the, uh, the group enjoyed it or picked up a few tips. Um, yeah. My pricing course is good for all photographers because I one thing I've stressed is that humans are humans. It's called Step Pricing, Secret to Easy Photography Pricing. And I basically it comes with cheat sheets and worksheets and templates and scripts and everything. But it's not just that. It also tells you where you are in the market. There's a, a a series of surveys and tests that say, I'm a beginner photographer. I am there. And then there's different plans for you to be able to become a paid photographer. There are steps. The course works phenomenally if you work. Um, it it doesn't if you don't want to do the work. But the course is 145 bucks. I price it intentionally so that everyone can afford it. And so that everyone can say my first client more than paid for it. As far as business consulting- And if it's free,
0: they don't value it, as we learned.
1: Yeah, and and I'm not gonna give, exactly. They don't value it, but also the course is too damn good. There is not another photo course that teaches at this level because I break down the psychology of it too. And if they say this, you say that. And it comes with like a private community, so you can always, you almost have like tech support for your business. With me jumping in and giving you um, advice, also. Nice. Yeah. That's so, awesome. And then, and then you also do, men-
0: you also do mentorship services as
1: well. Yeah. So I'll have Zoom sessions with people, and that's generally for people that are, um, really, they're kind of like a fork in the road, or they want to expand their business, or they want to go from part time to full time, and they want to devise like a business plan. They can ask me any question, record it, but sometimes they might say. Should I branch out? Should I open a photo studio? Here's everything I'm up against. And we just go back and forth and it's private coaching and they'll do one session, two or three, and then it helps them a lot. So I just focus only on their business and they get to record it. So it's a very valuable service too. Both are available on the website. I don't know if it'll be linked or if you want me to say yeah, it. Yeah, we'll,
0: we'll definitely link to everything. Um, yeah. Isabella sent, it all, sent me all of it. So we're good there. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you for asking. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. And then last question I always ask every guest is, who do you think our audience here in the nature and landscape space would be interested in learning more from? Who's someone who inspires you? Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Who inspires me? There's um, Sean Tucker right now. One of the people. I just think that he's not like, what's up, everybody? He's not in your face. (laughs) He's just calm. He sits on a couch, very simple lighting. And he just gives thoughtful critique and commentary on what he's going through. And so I really enjoy Sean Tucker's channel a lot. I I watch a lot of people's. I watch Faisal. I watch Sir. Um, I just discovered him. Um, yeah, but there's a guy in Japan. I forgot his name. Um, Sean Tucker right now is like the guy that I, I think is a calming, soothing voice. I really appreciate.
0: Nice. I, I'm jealous of the calming, soothing voice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't have it. I don't I know, have it. Yeah. Yeah. You either got it or you don't, right? <laughs> yeah. No.
1: He's very calm.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, Willie, this has been super fun. I'm very grateful for you to take the time out of your busy life to, to give us these tips and. Um, hopefully our audience got something out of it and people that are super interested can reach
1: out I hope so and thank you very much for taking the time and thank you it means a lot to me just to be able to yeah introduce my work and my thought and methods but also to everyone that whoever they're on a walk they're washing dishes they're cleaning the house and they're listening to this thank you very much you have more value than you think Um, raise your prices please thank you
0: Boom. He heard it
1: here first. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you very much.
0: All right. Well, thanks to Waleed for the great conversation. I hope that my fellow landscape photographers got something out of that. I know I did. If you enjoyed our chat and you want to gain more insights from Waleed, check out his photo pricing course or his private coaching, all available on his website. Before we part ways, I have to give a huge shout out to all of the amazing photographers who have recently stepped up to support the show on Patreon. Thank you to Franka Gabler, Mike Laird, Kyle Barden, Heather Poor, and Kenny Thatcher. These five awesome folks are making a huge impact in my life and are helping to keep our show afloat. Thank you so much. If you too would like to help out, please join our community over on patreon.com forward/evstop and listen. Okay, that's all for now. Thanks for stopping in, collaborating with us and listening. We'll see you next week.